As so many of us have, I've watched hundreds of van build videos on YouTube and other channels. There are some good builders on YouTube, of course, some are even very good. In my experience, however, out of the multitude of offerings on this topic, combined qualities like innovation, professionalism, excellence, and highly entertaining are rare. If you've listened to many episodes of this show, you've heard me refer to a builder whose work embodies all of that and much more. That builder is George Morrow, creator of the Humble Road YouTube channel, as well as the Humble Road Custom Van Shop in New Jersey. Okay, let's get right into my interview with George of Humble Road. All right. George Morrow, and I'm getting the pronunciation right. Correct. Excellent. Uh, you are in New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey, and I'm speaking to you from my uh, highly customized sound booth. This is my wife's walk-in closet. So uh, I'm staring at thousands of dresses and skirts and shirts, but it does wonders for the sound. <laughs> yeah, the more clothes you can have in your sound booth, uh, typically the better your sound quality yep. will be, I've found. Anyway, enough about that technical stuff. You have been running, um, building and creating and running the Humble Road uh, YouTube channel since, what, what are you, five years in, four years in? I think it's, uh, well, yeah, Humble Road could be four years, but I started by modifying my uh, Pleasure Way Class B that I had. Uh, uh -huh. And then I jumped into building my own van. So I think I had about a year, year and a half of just modifications on my pleasure way. Gotcha. And your previous industry, uh, bef before before you started the Humble Road YouTube channel, um, or I, I assume you retired from a previous industry? Uh, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a voluntary retirement. Uh, I've been self-employed since I'm 18 years old. Uh, and uh, for most of my adult life, I ran a, an advertising photography studio. So I did ads, I did brochures, uh, magazine ads. Uh, I did a lot of point of purchase, display work, a lot of visuals. Uh, and I did that for almost 35 years, 36 years. Uh, but that crash in 2008 was a perfect storm for me. And it pretty much uh, wiped out. Uh, my business, my all my clients went scattering in different directions, and it was almost like you turned on a light switch or turned off a light switch. Actually, wow. uh, one day I was on my way to uh, my biggest year ever, and the next day nothing. I went to zero billing overnight. Oh, so uh, that was two thousand eight, and uh, I had five kids, uh, three of them in college. And uh, so I had to make a decision as to what I was going to do. We, we actually were able to live off savings for almost nine years while I wow. was uh, developing and reinventing myself, so to sure. speak. Uh, but I was able to carry a lot of uh, what I was doing in my career into the YouTube world. It was a very natural transition for me. Uh, I, was, I was involved in stills. I did print advertising. Mm -hmm. And uh, so for me to go to uh, Adobe Premiere, which is the movie editing software, video, video editing software, it's yep. pretty much Photoshop, but with a gazillion still frames. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was a very intuitive move for me to make. Uh huh. And and so lighting and everything probably came more. Yeah, or less the lighting. Yeah, the lighting film. comes with it. I I did. Uh, uh, during my downtime, my neighbor is a hotshot producer, so. Uh, he uh, he invited me to become a lighting director and uh, best boy and back behind the scenes. He gave me a, you know a dozen different jobs on a movie he was producing. 
Wow. Uh, so, uh, and I brought my son in as my best boy, and we just had a ball uh, one bet. July a few years ago. We made a, a movie based on a true story here in New Jersey, huh. and it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And I used my pleasure way. Uh, that became the executive producer's office while we were out on location. Uh-huh. So I'd plug in, I'd get the air conditioner going, I had a stocked fridge, and uh, and I towed a trailer full of all my lighting equipment with the pleasure way to each of the daily locations. Like I gotcha. said, it was, it was a great experience. I thought that uh, in one of your videos you had mentioned that uh, you you made lighting equipment um, available for rent or something like that, or was that just for yes. that project? Well, after the movie... After mm-hmm. I got involved in that, I says, well, you know, this is a logical step for me. I've got a, a, a 35-year studio filled with equipment, and I was always on the cutting edge of technology when it came to my, my lighting and my cameras. Yeah. Uh, so then I decided to see if I could just jump into this industry and become, uh, they call it an LD, a lighting director. Uh, I could rent my equipment and just sit there and then collect it all at the end of the, the, the shoot day. Uh, wow. But what happened there is while I was fully capable and fully equipped, the economy caused the guys that were in the industry for 20 and 30 years, the really seasoned pros, yeah. they were now taking the jobs that I would have been selected for because it was the, the, you know, the, the cheaper stuff, the smaller jobs, the low-hanging sure. fruit. Sure. So now, you know, for for you know two thousand dollars a day, I'm competing with guys that have been in the industry for thirty years, and they've got a, an incredible portfolio. Right. So I I I bailed out of that. <laughs> yeah, interesting. And and that's when I turned to YouTube. Uh, uh-huh. But but really, the uh, uh, we we had a class A uh, motorhome. I had a forty foot. Uh, Monaco. It was actually a Safari brand, but it was right when Monaco purchased Safari. So it was okay. the first iteration that Monaco produced under the Safari badging. It was basically one of their uh, Class A's they put the Safari badging on. But I thought it was a nice, it was an entry-level coach into a, a higher-end company. So I got all that trickle-down technology uh, I got their chassis, uh, which they built on. They had their own Roadmaster chassis. Uh, but even uh, with such a good motorhome, there were issues. You know, they start, <laughs> they're burying the the inverter, and I couldn't get to the wiring. And and you know, you know the story. It's yep. been on my channel. Yep. Uh, and then, and of course, we had boats all our lives as well down at the Jersey Shore. Uh, so I'm familiar with this kind of manufacturing and how you have to get in there after the purchase and maintain and repair <laughs> these yeah. these items. Sure. So uh, and then I moved into the Class B. Uh, and our kids actually traveled with us in the in the Class A until they were in their mid twenties. They just uh, loved it. Huh. Wow. Uh, and even to this day. Uh, you know, they'll say to me, Dad, whenever we smell a campfire, it just stops us in our tracks and we just <laughs> reminisce about all yeah. the memories of, of traveling in that Class A. That's wonderful. So it was really, it was a great experience in life. But the Class B was even worse than the Class A because they had to pack about the same amount of stuff into a smaller space. Sure. So uh, I had some issues trying to maintain and repair my pleasure way. And I said, you know what? I'm going to build my own. I can do this. 
You know, yeah. I've always I've always been a tinkerer. You know, when I was a little kid, I set up a bicycle repair shop in my garage. And, you know, the kids up and down the block would come in and I would, you know, tighten their chain and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I've always been that kind of a, a kid. Terrible student, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I could always do anything uh, that I dreamed up. Right. Well, <laughs> you're speaking my language. First of all, I, um, I was working in the real estate industry in 2007. Yeah. <laughs> For yeah. ten years, I was. I was, that was my tenth year. Was two thousand nine. Um, I think I did one transaction in two thousand nine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so there's that. But then also, I, same same with me tinkering and, and you know ever since I was a kid. Have you done any um, formal work in plumbing or electrical or any of that stuff or building? I don't have any formal training, but like I said, I'm I'm a hands on kind of person and. Uh, uh, it it all just seems to be common sense to me. I sure. can see I see things uh, for what they are. I can I can dismantle something in my mind and put it back together, uh, just looking at it. Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, we used to build uh, push carts, or we called them go karts. Yeah. And you know it's just <laughs> wheels and two by fours, and you push them yep. down a big hill. Uh, <laughs> and I actually I took a dining room chair out of the garage. It was my we lived with my grandparents. I took one of my grandmother's dining room chairs out of the garage. I cut the legs off it, and I used that on my push cart. Uh-oh. And my grandmother was so impressed with that, she cried for a week. <laughs> I later came to understand she wasn't crying because she was impressed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I ruined, I ruined an antique chair. Oh, oh, man. But no, no formal training, but uh, when, when I got married... Well, actually, when uh, yeah, when I got married and we got our first apartment, I told the landlord, I said, we'll take the apartment under one condition. You let me gut the kitchen and rebuild it. Now, I'm 23 years old, and I've, I've never done a kitchen gut. Yeah. But he said, okay. Huh. So, you know, that was my start. Then we bought a house, and I gutted the house. I ran every wire new. I ran every pipe. Wow. Uh, you know, I, I knocked walls down. I put in headers, windows. I did the, you know, everything a contractor would do. Uh, and then, and that served us well for the 16 years we lived there. And it's still the people we sold it to. Nothing's changed. You know, I, I built huh. a massive deck on the back. That's about 35 years old now. And wow. it looks as good as the day I built it. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So you can apply these mechanical and building and functional um, hands-on skills without reserve to, to whatever, uh, whatever task is at hand. And that explains how your videos switch between, uh, you know, intimate and brilliant, by the way, details about um, insulation to flooring, to electrical, to, to uh, radiant heating. I mean, I don't. I don't think anybody out there on any anybody on YouTube is is displaying the the breadth of knowledge and and the actual installation and uh, yeah, use of yeah. of um, of radiant heating, which I absolutely love. I think it's the best way to heat anything. Yeah, um, it is. It is. Yeah. So anyway, and, uh, not to not to just just you know pump you up, but I've actually done some formal uh, building and stuff working with um, with relatives, and I was a general contractor for a while, and I've done a 
real wide range of, of physical stuff like that. Um, yeah. But, well, but it didn't great. come without, uh, you know, failures. Uh, when I was working on my pleasure way and then when I started building Van 01, yeah. I had a lot of failures. Uh-huh. And I'd go back to the drawing board and fix it. But I was never afraid <clears throat> to try anything. And now with my clients, uh, I'll say to them, listen, we're going to do some experimental stuff. We're going we're gonna to try to push the envelope. If I fail, I got you covered. I'm not going to, uh, you're not going to bear the expense of my failures. Uh, and I've held to that. And, and that way they're willing to let innovation happen. And, and in every case so far, we've, we've gotten some really nice little details uh, that are succeeding. You know, that it's, a, it's a day-to-day benefit to these people uh, because they were willing to, you know, they had nothing to lose. <laughs> right. if, I, if I failed, I'd just go back and buy more material and start again. It was just my time and money. But that's, that's the way I want to approach this. I'm, I'm not interested in, uh, in mass-producing mediocre product. Sure. I want I want each one of these vans to to have uh, all the innovation that it, that we can think of without getting too complex and and right. uh, kitschy. You know, yeah. sure I could build a I could build a raising platform. Uh, I you know all that stuff is great and it's it's wonderful innovation. But when you get down to day to day practical use of a Class B van, that stuff's going to break. It's going to cause maintenance issues, and it's just not what you set out to do with a Class B van. Right. You know, you want a relaxing lifestyle. You want to be able to travel uh, unencumbered. You don't want too many problems. And you know, as I've said, you're going to have problems. Things do break. Yeah. Uh, and and so I try to my build philosophy is to address that future failure in in my design and in my building. So that it's an easy fix, and in fact, uh, Carry On Vagabond just had a water pump failure, and uh, it was a very easy fix. It took less than a half hour to pull the old pump out and put the new water pump in and get get up and running again. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's great, and that that all comes down to your cautious uh, layout and planning and. Uh, you know, location of the pump and all that stuff. All that, yeah, that all comes into play. And each van is different. It's every effort is a bespoke product. Uh, there's, I'm not following any blueprints. Uh, I will sometimes do some uh, SketchUp uh, drawings just sure. to, to get a good idea of what my, oh, that's my carcass. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you're uh, not, you're not spending hours and hours and hours in, uh, in CAD or SketchUp or whatever, no, trying I, to perfect the, everything in advance. No, the, the 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 CAD that I use is cardboard assisted design, and you've <laughs> you've seen it. I I will uh. literally, yeah, I build out the van in cardboard, and I and I take it to the umpteenth degree of detail, and uh, and then the clients walk through, and it's at that point. First of all, the, the, you got to look at their faces when they walk into their van that we've been discussing, floor plan and layout and this and that. Now they walk in and it's real. It's cardboard, yeah. uh, but I'll actually cut louvers into the doors. Yeah, uh, I've seen know, it. it. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> uh, so, so they get a thrill out of that initial walkthrough. But then we start doing choreography. You know, they'll pass one another in the hall. They climb mm-hmm. into the bed. <laughs> And we start nipping and tucking, you know, take an inch here, sure. add an inch there. Uh, 
And uh, like I said in the videos, I, I fit huh. them with a suit of clothing. That's what yeah. this van is. So, uh -huh. And that's one of the reasons it takes up to a year. Uh, because each one is different. And I, I don't bring too much from one van to the next. Right. And I'm primarily building alone. My son, Alex, who is an incredible uh, craftsman, he's typically coming in the last two months on a build. Mm -hmm. But uh, because he's running his own uh, cabinet shop up in Hoboken, he's doing very well with that. Uh, but I've gotten him to agree to give me two days a week forever nice. <laughs> at this point. <laughs> so if, he, if I can get him involved on these builds from day one, they're going to go a lot quicker. I should be sure. able to get them out in uh, six or seven months. Huh, wonderful. Would you say that, that that flexibility in terms of experimentation and design and the building process is a requirement of a, of a van client? For me, it is. For the type of van that I want to provide. Mm -hmm. uh, because if you go buy a store-bought van off the shelf, so to speak, you're going to be making compromises because that they don't build vans to fit an individual. You know, no. they try to fit a, a broad base of people, and that's not what I'm about. There are plenty of builders doing that. Uh, sure. I I really I want to focus in, and my goal is that for the rest of their van life, every time they push a button or reach for something and it's there, they put a smile on their face. You know, it's yeah. just like. This is my van. This thing was built and tailored to me and to their psyche, you know, the way they live their life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was fun watching you with uh, Carry On uh, Vagamon. What are their names again? I'm sorry. That's Irene and Dave. Yeah, Irene and Dave. Um, that, that was a really fun series, watching them um, and switching back and forth between your channel and theirs. I was going to mention, uh, <laughs> I, I was watching, you know, there was, was a young guy on YouTube and I've apologize i've forgotten his name but he, he he showed his van how he built his van and he you know goes through the process and at some point he's got some some issue a pinch point you know with cabinets and and doors and stuff and he says yeah but you can't know until it's all installed and built and mm. all i did all i did was just just in a comment, I just pasted in a link to one of your cardboard mock-up videos. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no words, just a, just a link. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, I think that the uh, the cardboard mock-up thing is absolutely brilliant. I've I've used it myself, and it, it's so worth the time. And and the thing is, it's so easy to, to to look at that and go, I don't have time for that. I can't spend an extra day or two or a week, you know, building yeah. out. Fake cabinets that are just going to be uh, well. <laughs> it can save you much more than a week, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> it can, it, absolutely. And, and then there's just like you said, there's just the sheer joy of having it be absolutely perfect and 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 flawless. And and of course, you know, as you know, I'm sure, no matter how much you plan and experiment and mock, there's always going to be something later that you go ah would be nice if this was absolutely different. but absolutely. you're fortunate in that you get to go onto another van and, and do that for the next person so yeah oh i do i do bring a lot of the refinements from van to van sure uh, and there's certain things that that i've locked onto that will become uh regular kinds of installs like my plumbing manifold i'll always want to put a, a manifold in my plumbing system where i can isolate each of the zones that's just uh -huh. common sense yeah 
uh, where I put it and how it's configured is what changes from van to van. Same thing with the power. Uh, I've got a, a client in now that wants to use uh, what I consider to be an inferior lithium battery. So I need to explain that uh, it's a it's a very important part of the build. It can also be a very dangerous part of the build uh, if you don't do this correctly. Um, you know these batteries are 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 running through 400 amp fuses. Uh, you can have some really nasty stuff go on if you don't have quality products, quality circuitry. So I like to stick with one particular brand of battery, uh, and and I I. I don't use very many insists with a client because it's their van. I basically sure. listen. I'm a good listener and I hear what they want and I can direct them and guide them. But there are a few insists and they are all based on safety. Right. Yeah. I cannot get that phone call uh, that no. something horrific has happened. Right, right, right. It's, it's serious business. I ha I have seen uh, some builders on YouTube uh, the way they're wiring up these vans, and these are not part. These are these are builders. They're they're building vans for other people. Uh, the wiring is scary. I I pray that nothing goes wrong. Yeah. Would you mention the brand of battery you you prefer? I use Lithionics. Okay. It's a Florida-based company. Uh, it's privately held. It's uh, uh, all made in the USA. Um, and, and I don't get any kind of a, a stipend or anything from them. And, uh, and with, I mean, I get those kinds of offers all the time. They want me to test products. They want, me to, they want to give them to me for free. I won't do that. Uh, I'll only use a product if I like it and, uh, and I would use it in my own van. Because basically every van I build is my van. And the owners, the customers know that. I always tell them, this is just as much my van as it is yours. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I'm in constant communication with my clients while they're out on the road. And I will periodically text them and say, have you checked the, uh, the filter in the air conditioner lately? You know, so just basic <laughs> maintenance things. It's kind of a, you know, just, and that way you avoid uh, a bigger problem. Right. Absolutely. Specifically... Oh, there was something else I was, another direction I was going to go with electrical and I've forgotten. Uh, I'll think of it. But um. Okay. Well, the electrical, um, uh, maybe I shouldn't talk about, I've got a, I've got a pretty neat idea as to what I want to do in the electrical area yeah. uh, with batteries. I think I'm going to hold off on that uh, until <laughs> I present it so that sure. somebody else doesn't beat me to the punch. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. When you are ready to talk about your awesome electrical innovation, just let me know. Um, <laughs> you'll, you'll get the scoop. <laughs> nice. Uh, so let's talk about heating, and, and let's start by talking about propane. And I'll just real quick mention my feelings about propane is it, that it scares the hell out of me. And, yeah. um, you know, I know that there are millions of people out there using propane and millions of... RVs and they're all just fine. But of course we hear, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the oil and the, the, the sensationalist story gets, gets spread around. And those yeah. are the ones we hear. And every time I see it, 
I just think, oh my God, it's just such a horror show. So that's my perspective on on propane. Um, right. I know there's right. moisture and all that stuff too, but I'd like to hear your take on it because you have mentioned it in your videos. Yeah, it's it's basically the same. If it, let's start with the basic day to day reality of okay. using propane. Yep. Uh, it's another fuel source that you've got to keep track of. And if you run out of propane, you're pretty much disabled in terms of cooking and heat and hot water. Yep. If that's the way your rig is configured. That's the most simple, basic issue I have with it. It's just another fuel source that I don't want to bother with. Then you go on to the, the quality of the heating is a very wet heat. Uh, so that's another issue. Again, we're not we're not addressing any safety issues yet. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, you know now we get into the safety issues. Sure. Uh, you've got carbon monoxide issues to concern yourself with. You've got fire and explosion issues. And like you said, there are tens of thousands of rigs out there using propane, and there may only be a few dozen that have catastrophic. Uh, issues but that's too many for me right. you know i i don't want that kind of uh uh those those odds are no good right uh and uh i think the lithium batteries the first uh energy source that allows us to move away from propane and its intended uses sure and technology uh, improvement yeah, and I'm headed that way. I I use uh, S-Bar and Wabasto fuel-fired heaters in my van builds right now. Actually, right now, primarily Wabasto, uh, because I think they're a little more end-user friendly and a little more intuitive in install than the S-Bar. They're That's both, ex I'm, I'm both excellent products. Yeah, yeah. I'm helping uh, a friend with his... Uh, he's, do he's doing a, uh, an ambulance... Mm -hmm. um, Oh, anyway, <laughs> literally, yeah. don't get me started. But, but, uh, but, yeah, he wants to he wants to use a Wabasto, so that's going to be an interesting. Yeah, it's it's a good product, and uh, you can get diesel fired or gasoline fired furnaces. Gasoline fired furnace in the van still freaks me out. <laughs> but uh, why? Uh, why versus I'm, diesel? Because it's got a gasoline has a much lower uh, flash point. You know, oh. you can explode with gasoline and the fumes that doesn't happen with diesel diesel's a little safer mm -hmm. uh, i've even looked into diesel cookers they're they're widely used in europe and uh, you know everybody here when they think diesel cooker they just go ugh i don't want that smell and that soot well do you really think there's smell and soot in a cook <laughs> you know they've got that all worked out sure uh but i the next step for me would be to get away from those types of cabin heaters i want the i want the van to be fully electric right off the lithium and that's going to tie back to my uh my big top secret electrical project gotcha. that i'm working on i want to do away with those uh, uh petroleum fired furnaces as well so no propane first no petroleum second and uh, we'll be running clean with uh uh, electrical power. That's a brilliant direction to be thinking in, especially with electric vans coming online. Now, obviously, we're a long way from long distance electric vans. And, and you know, the vast majority of the talk and hype about uh, whoever, Sprinter's electric van, VW's electric van, etc. Um, right. You know, the, the ranges are short and, and they're 
cost prohibitive and and just like everything else you know when when there's a a big innovation in electrical it's gonna it's gonna be a while i think before our vans are are power or driven by electrics as well but i'm curious to see where we go in terms of of amp hours and weight and size in the near future um, yeah. Those innovations are so fascinating to me. You know, I'm yeah. looking forward to a thousand amp hours and at a hundred pounds, right? <laughs> right. Well, the solid state batteries are going to do that. Okay. Uh, yeah, they're they're not ready for uh, prime time just yet. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's another thing that, that I'm very careful. Uh, my components are well. I'd love to use the latest and the greatest. They haven't been proven out in the field. Uh, so I select components that have a very good track record. They're workhorse components, and they're easily serviced anywhere you may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, I've gotten comments that uh, I, I just love that uh, Xantrex SW3000 inverter. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's so antiquated, you know, there to try to get that thing uh, to be uh, controlled from your phone is just ridiculous with, they, oh. they, oh, it's just, however, you can run that baby 24 seven for 10 years. Wow. It's just a workhorse. So I'm willing to, uh, and my clients are willing to, to forego the Bluetooth capabilities uh, or the slickness uh, right. For the for the day to day reliability. Now right. Victron, Victron seems to be an excellent product, and uh, and I think they're proven overseas. But I'm waiting for their their service network to get a little broader here in the states. I'm using them. I'm starting to use Victron components, uh, but I know that you know somebody has a problem with a Xantrex inverter, they can get that repaired. You know, probably within fifty miles of where they're standing. Now, it's not... isn't uh, Xantrex more or less on the cutting edge in terms of of um, uh, power with regard to uh, lithium iron phosphate? I mean, aren't they kind of ahead of the game on that, or at least well, on top of it? They they were on top of it. Their um, their their eGen system. Uh, is what first attracted me to their to their battery system, but the the core of that system was a lithionics battery. Gotcha. And uh, and to me that was the uh, the big selling point uh, okay. is that lithionics. Oh, okay. gotcha. Yeah, and and lithionics is the only battery that's UL listed. And huh. again, it goes back Amazing. to safety. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I said I had one video where I was speaking to a product manager at Xantrex. Uh, the UL testing that that battery had to go through, they actually shot it with a nail gun. Wow. And, yeah, I remember uh, that. That's yeah, and then they <laughs> test the thermal runaway. You know, that whatever one cell was, was punctured, uh, it, they're able to isolate that cell and, and prevent a, a, a larger thermal runaway. So, huh. But I do like the, I like the Victron products in uh, Sam's van that I'm working on now. Uh, I've got two MPPT solar controllers, and I've got two strings of 300 watts on the roof, and I'm running them in parallel. And I'm getting a lot of criticism and feedback that I should be running in series. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And it's it's really six six of one, half a dozen of another. Sam's lifestyle, he finds himself in the deserts of Arizona most of the year. 
so parallel uh, is is he's going to get that that afternoon sun and get those big amps into his battery, and then he's done with it. Gotcha. And uh, and then I've got uh, DC to DC chargers. They're also from Victron, because on the ProMaster, uh, I'm not too keen on the second uh, alternator install. It's an aftermarket kit, and again, there are thousands of vans out there, thousands of ProMasters with that kit. But sure. there are a few dozen failures where the uh, the new fan belt cuts a heater hose, and now the vehicle's inoperable. Wow. And it happened to the Vagabonds, but they were lucky enough to, uh, because Dave does so many maintenance checks uh, almost daily before they take off, he was able to catch it before they were disabled, and they were able to get to a facility to have it repaired. But if it's a ProMaster, I advise against the second alternator, and I'd say let's go with the two DC to DC chargers. They're 30 amps apiece, uh, so you're getting 60 amps. Obviously, you need to have the high out, high output alternator from the factory, uh-huh. uh, which which these ProMasters do have, 220 amp uh, alternator. So he's right. getting uh, he's getting 30 amps of charging from the solar, and he's getting 60 amps of charging from the DC to DC chargers. So he's just he's at 90 amps for a good part of the day, and and yep. when he needs it. And uh, and he's thrilled. That's great. He's thrilled, and that's the New Jersey sun. Uh, you know, just the other day, I measured those uh, at 11:30 in the morning. He was yeah. getting 15 amps per string. Uh, yeah, and of course it trails off as the as the sun moves, mm-hmm. uh, but he but he's getting those big amps right away, which is really really what the lithium wants. The, the lithium wants amps. Yeah, that's great. Well, those are the kinds of solutions that people hire you to <laughs> to find for them. Right. Uh-huh. And by the way, I'm that's another thing I'm really impressed with with regard to your channel uh, and your videos is your knowledge of of electrical. Is this part of your your natural tinkering ability, or did you go through some pain to learn this stuff? Uh, I I did a lot of research and a lot of homework. Okay. Um, uh, basically, in the uh, boating world, um, because their um, uh, their restrictions are much stricter. Yeah. Their standards are much higher for boats than they are for RVs. Sure. So I I try to do everything according to the, um, the yacht council standards uh-huh. uh i can't afford any like the rvia uh i can't afford to join <laughs> right. i know my vans would pass uh-huh. you know i would get certification but at this point i can't afford it uh but so i know in my heart uh that these vans are built according to rvia and exceeding rvia into the the yachting council yeah but all you know all uh self-taught uh and and you know, my build philosophy is to keep things simple. And uh, in doing so, it is a bit easier to to get a quality system. You know, I, I do get involved in load balancing. I get involved in, uh, you know, every single wire run uh, is measured, including every turn. I don't just estimate. I, I bring every turn and bend into the equation because that can add up. Yeah. And it can add several feet to your run, uh, and then you'll get voltage drops. Right, resistance. So, uh, yeah, the resistance increases. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every, I, you know, I triple insulate every wire. 
Uh, I'm very, very careful about wire movement within the van uh, while they're driving it. Uh, there will be no chafing. Uh, you know, everything is locked down, and, and it's it's good. It's it's very tight and safe. Yes. And like I said, I get into load balancing. Uh, I'm concerned with um, uh, the amount of amps coming into a bus bar and where it's coming into the bus bar and how it spreads across a bus bar. Right. So I'll, I'll even look at that. And these are just simple elementary uh, concepts, you know. I'm not sending a, a rocket to the moon. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And then there's all the crimping stuff. Uh, that crimping video you did with the very expensive yeah. Milwaukee. Is it a Milwaukee crimper? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, that thing. For me, it was well worth sure. it. Uh, because my even with a uh, hydraulic crimper that I was using, yeah. uh, it was too inconsistent for my liking. Right. You know, I got good crimps, mm -hmm. but I wanted consistency and I wanted a little more speed yep. uh, for me to crank down on that hydraulic. I'm only 150 pounds, <laughs> so it was, it got tough. Yeah, elbow uh, grease. <laughs> yeah, the Milwaukee tool is just wonderful. It really is. That's cool. And, and it records every crimp <sighs> and it alerts me if the crimp was done incorrectly or insufficiently. Yeah. And on some of my lugs, you know, the four-rot lugs particularly, uh, I can now put two crimps on a wire, on a lug, yeah, instead of right. one. Uh -huh. The crimp yeah. is narrow and but deep. So Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and it, I mean, it seems like the electrical stuff just to some extent comes naturally to you or it's not a huge, um, a huge challenge uh, for you to, gra to grok no. what's going yeah, on. I, I really enjoy the systems aspect of the build, the design and the systems. And then the, the woodworking, I have to defer to, to my son, Alex, because uh, I just, I don't, he's got a gift. I don't have it. Interesting. Uh, yeah, he, he does the woodworking. He'll balk at the the plumbing aspect, or you right. know, uh, right now I'm I'm pushing him very hard on uh, Sam's shower. Uh, we we've come up with a really neat shower system for Sam, uh, and when it's finished, you look at it and say, "Well, that's just the simplest thing I've ever seen." <laughs> but in order to engineer that simplicity, he is belly aching and barking at me. But as it progresses, I could see that smile on his face that yeah. this is, you know, this is a challenge for him. And he's he's hit it. He's he's overcome the, the obstacles. Uh, and I think he's digging it. I would love uh, for him to be more involved. Yeah. As time goes on. Well, showers, that's one of the big one of the big challenges with van life. Um, no yeah. Matter, no matter what size van you have from uh, Toyota Delica. All the way up to extended chassis um, yeah. sprinters, yeah. It, it's just such a difficult game. And, and there are there are some really great innovations out there. Um, I think most people, you know, you're either showering outside with a a solar bag, or you've got a one of the standard, you know, the wet room type, right, right, type type showers, and pay very close attention. Well, for example, I remember on on your on van number one where you were you were experimenting and playing with ideas with regard to a folding curtain, you know, under the counter. Um, yes. You know, move this aside, pull this out. That's the kind of stuff that interests me because I'm actually not interested in a 170. I, I, I like the shorter wheelbase vans. Mm -hmm. And so I want to, 
I want as much Swiss Army knife as I can with, especially with something I don't use all day. And right. that's almost nothing, by the way, other than the floor, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> use your, exactly. You use your kitchen several times a day, so that's fine. Take up space with that. But I'm actually a, a fan of fold up and tuck away beds as well. I don't, I, I, I'm not into to the garage situ- situation. But um, anyway, again, that's my just some weird personal preferences with me. But but the shower thing, man, innovations in showers. I think I think there's something to that, not only uh, for in terms of convenience and and building better vans, but also um, in terms of business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of potential. Yeah. A lot of a lot of things could cool things could come out of both showers and toilets, um, business wise. So yeah, yeah. Well, I've noticed that the more uh, experience people get out on the road, uh, and they become more comfortable dealing with their own waste on a daily basis, uh, they pare down to a bag and a bucket and some kitty litter. Sure. I think that's the end game. It really is. Right. And, right. Uh, and all these, you know, these, the composting and the incineration and it's, it's not going to last because no. at the end of the day, and I'm doing it, uh, you know, in the, in the van life that I've, I mean, I haven't been out in a van now for four years, but uh, a, a, a commode bag if you know what that is, you know, sometimes when you have elderly, they need to put a commode in the living room. So it's a wonderful sight when you're a child, but, uh, (laughs) uh, you get these commode bags, they're uh, biodegradable and you get some kitty litter, some sawdust, whatever, peat. Uh, and you, you know, you do your business and you knot it and you just find a place to put it until you can dispose of it. Sure. It's airtight. It's clean. It's tidy. There's no restrictions. Men and women, you know, there's, there's, there's no issues with it. Yeah. You just have to get used to it. That's right. my opinion. That's all it is my opinion. Uh, I have a build coming in where he wants a black tank because that's just the way he, he, he likes to work with that. Mm. Uh, I don't. I don't want to go to a dump station ever again. Right. You hit the nail on the head. You're, you're talking about um, becoming acclimated to the realities of, of being out with without, uh, uh, you know, a Western style full blown toilet. I spent a lot of time in Asia and the bulk of the, of the public toilets are just a hole in the, in the floor. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and even on trains, there's no Western style toilet on, on trains. You have to squat. You have to be able to squat to use it. Yeah. And um, so that intrigues me, this issue of, uh, of just becoming comfortable with, with dealing with your waste on the road. I, I remember uh, there was a time when when I would go hunting for a toilet to urinate, and then at some point I was like, oh, "I've got all these plastic bottles, you know." And once you get used to it, yep, it it, it just isn't a big deal. It just becomes, uh, you know, so easy and simple, and your life is simplified and everything. And and d- don't get me wrong, plastic bottles aren't the the best way. It's much better to have a bag or something like that. But um, many municipalities prefer that you dispose that you drop those bags in the public garbage which right. surprised me i've kind of looked into that because it's like well, well you, you you do it with baby diapers every day sure fresh yeah, good point fresh baby diapers yeah, yeah. millions of them <laughs> yeah millions of them and they're horrible i mean yes I mean, what a mass of 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 waste for the landfill um yeah but anyway obviously there's a lot of room for innovation and and you know i, I was interviewing a fella um 
the other day, and he's talking about putting a coaching business together for people to help them kind of transition into mobile living. Now, obviously, he's mm. th- this full-on van life, as in without a house, without an apartment. Yeah. And those are the kinds of things that, you know, that people need to to get comfortable with and understand when they get out on the road that, hey, you don't have a shower the size of or a bathroom the size of some people's bedrooms anymore, you know? Right, um, right. <laughs> you, yeah. It's like, no, slide this thing out, use it, put it away, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And anybody that's a newbie, uh, there's there's several things that I, I discuss with them right off the bat. If they're newbies, they want the van to resemble their residence. Sure. They, they think they're just going to bring all that. In fact, I, I use this joke all the time. Uh, one of the women said she wanted cultured marble in the bathroom. <laughs> and you know okay well there's 2000 pounds worth of weight <laughs> yeah uh but then the other thing i would say to a newbie is uh first off do not come to me for a custom build when this is your first van because right. you don't know what you don't know that's right and i tell every one of them go out and buy a used van either a pleasure way or a travato and get out there and start to experience it. And then come to me when you've had a year or two of experience. Uh, but beyond that, if you're a newbie into the lifestyle, I wouldn't even come to a van first. I would get something a little larger, class C, uh, sure. small class A. Uh, if you're going to make a jump from a house or an apartment to a van, huh. you're probably going to fail. Yeah, It's just too, it's too big a, a disparity in, in how you live your life. Yep, it's so different. It yeah. really is. And another thing, another trend I've seen is that people who, the more into the outdoors you are, the more likely you are to succeed. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because because spending all day, in a, you know, that's a recipe for, for cabin fever. So. But there are days where you're going to be stuck in the van for yeah. some length of time. It's pouring Absolutely. rain. You know, you can't yeah. get to a, a movie or a mall or whatever. So it does have to be comfortable. Yeah. And uh, as I've said, it should be as much fun inside as it is outside. Sure. Or you've been, so. you've had enough of skiing for this week and now it's time to relax for a couple of days and the van needs to be comfortable. Right. Exactly. All right. Well, let's move on. To, uh, I want to talk a little bit about some building stuff, specifically, uh, gee, gee whiz, George, why all the 80-20? Why not just uh, screw and glue some two by fours and call it good? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I get that a lot. Uh, the 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 bigger the bigger uh, criticism is why am I not welding aluminum? Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, and uh, it's it's the uh, it's that erector set quality that eighty twenty has. I can edit, as I said before, every one of my vans is different. And even though I do a very detailed cardboard build, when we get to the real build using 80-20, things change. Sometimes the client makes a change halfway through. Uh, I'm making changes on Sam's van right now. We're going to deliver it in two weeks. But I'm making design changes now. And I can do that because the 80-20 allows for it. And that goes back to the luxury of making each one of these vans so specific to the customer because I'm not committing to a weld. Uh, If I did uh, typical uh, plywood box cabinetry, you're pretty much stuck with that. If you want to edit an entire galley, you almost have to start from scratch. 
Right. Uh, and and rebuild it out of plywood. But with the eighty twenty, now obviously if my if my insert panels are in, I've got to cut those. Uh, but then those are you know they're inserted in my channels, so it's it's just an edit. It doesn't hurt the wood. It doesn't look like a patch job or a DIY job. Minimal cost. It's minimal cost, and it allows for this kind of uh, reactionary design uh, work to happen. You know, uh, you know, these are all brainstorms that go on in the pea brain, right? And sometimes halfway through, I get this big epiphany, and I have to go back to something in the garage that's already been done. But I got to change it because I just thought of something better that's going to affect yeah. me down the road with this, you know. So it's it's editable. That is the main reason I use eighty twenty. Okay, is I can edit it. It's lightweight, it's costly, uh, but I prefer it. You know, wood. Uh, it's an earthquake inside a van, and I don't trust wood screws. I don't use sheet metal screws if I can help it. I like everything to be through bolted. And and I bring the vans in. I do the annual tighten-up. So a client comes back once a year, and we go over every nut and bolt in the 80-20 build, and I make sure it's tight. Uh, van number one is the only one that's come back. I don't think I'll ever see Dave and Irene again because they don't sit still for very long. <laughs> but uh, van, well, both Dave and Irene and van number one, they have traversed this country uh, almost a dozen times now within wow. the year, two years that they're out in these vans. Yeah. And van number one came back for her tighten up and there wasn't one bolt that shook loose. Because huh. uh, awesome. 80-20, when you bear down on the channel, it creates a lock washer effect sure. uh, with the channel flanges. The and then I use lock, yeah, the tension. And I use Loctite. Uh, I have since switched to nylock nuts where really? I use nuts, yeah. Uh, Versus or as well as Loctite? Oh, in addition to. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I use the Loctite. Are you kidding? I make peanut butter and Loctite sandwiches. That's how much <laughs> I like Loctite. That stuff is incredible. Oh, my it is. God. It when is. You have to, when you have to loosen one of those things, you, you know, you have to, I mean, if it's red, especially, you have to use a torch, right? Yeah, I, I don't use the red. I use the blue okay. uh, because I do have to break that seal sometimes sure. to, to edit. But uh, And that's the other thing is I'll, I'll go through, I'll build the galley, uh, you know, without torquing down my nuts or my screws. And once I'm set, then I take each screw out, lock tight it, put it back in, square it up and torque it down. It's time consuming. But this is the kind of van I want to build. And right. believe me, they pay for it. It's not a cheap van. Certainly not. It's an expensive van, but these are people who understand what they're buying and what their money is going towards. Uh, it's it's such a you've created such a a great um, environment for your business. Except, like YouTube is a business in and of itself, and then and but it's feeding the the actual building. It's really brilliant, and and yeah. you know YouTube has made that kind of thing possible. Um, uh, and I think it's like maybe the highest and best use of, of YouTube, by the way, you know, aside yeah. from just straight up entertainment, but not that your right. videos aren't, aren't entertaining uh, people listening. If you haven't watched any Humble Road yet, uh, run, don't walk. And of course, I'll put links in show notes uh, to some of George George's videos because nice. they're very entertaining and um, and you just do such a great job with uh, yeah. cinematography and everything. But anyway, thank you. Uh, yeah. And, and again, 
it's it's just a really cool business structure where you you say here's how I build and you know and then right. you build people by the vents. <laughs> well, that's it. My my YouTube channel is actually a reverse brochure, a reverse sales brochure. You know, typically you create a product, you make a brochure, then you try to sell it using the brochure. Yeah. But in my case, people can see the product being built from day one. They know all about it. Yeah. And it it makes for a very easy sale. Yeah. And the YouTube, right. getting back no to selling. YouTube. There's no selling to do. I don't, just... I don't have to sell. No. <laughs> if you watch the videos, you know what Humble Road's all about. And uh, then it's up to you if you want to pay for that, that kind of a, a van. Right. Uh, but the videos, when I first started, I had a lot of fun. Uh, and, you know, they were, they were entertaining even to me. I really enjoyed making those early videos. I could tell a story. I could weave onto tangents and then bring it back around. Lately, and I can see this in the videos, I've become very technical and very serious because, yep. you know, now I'm a serious builder and, and there's a lot on the line. Yeah. And uh, uh, I want to get back. I want to have some fun again with the videos. I think it's an important aspect. Uh, I've I've got creative demons that have to be satisfied, and uh, and and these videos I I can never not do them. I can't hire out the work to a cameraman or an editor. Certainly I can't not. do it. I've no. got to do it myself. Well, like uh, Casey Neistat says, uh, because people were telling him, "Why are you spending six hours editing a a ten minute video or whatever?" and and he said, "Look, the the video." itself video assets that's like a box full of paints the editing right. is the painting and that's right the actual creative work and it's also uh the most time consuming you know even when you consider some of his shots where man he put the camera you know 20 yards away just so he could walk through you know mm -hmm. along a trail um, in the scene, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it helps that he's a marathon runner. I'm sure, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, that yeah, that's cool. The all the creative stuff, and and I did notice you you've you've cranked down your time on videos. They're ten minutes or so now, and and they're straight to the point. Here's what I'm yeah. doing. Here's how I'm doing it. And I appreciate both. By the way, I think mm -hmm. that um, that. There's no crime in um, in doing an occasional, you know, twenty minute highly creative with hilarious, you know, uh, cr creeper animations um, <laughs> <laughs> under the vans and all that, all that that really fun stuff that you do. Um, yeah. And uh, Bruce Springsteen quotes and et cetera, um, <laughs> peppered with the short, sweet technical stuff. I think it's all great. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I enjoy it. Uh, but, uh, the format that I've adopted now, uh, better suits my time schedules. Uh -huh. Of course. Yeah, Cause you're I working can, so hard. I can't, I, yeah. I mean, I was thinking about that when, you know, all the time you were doing those long videos, man, this guy's putting in so many hours on video. And so I wasn't surprised when there was a hiatus and then, um, and then a, a format change. It makes yeah, perfect sense. Yeah. You yeah. got to build vans, man. <laughs> yeah, I well, I have to do both actually. That's that's the awesome. problem. Uh, but this this seems to be working. Uh, it's you know I get uh, maybe two or three videos out a week. They are shorter. They're to the point. Uh, but people seem to you know I'm getting comments that they do like that yeah. rather than once once a week. That once a week video that's 24 minutes that takes a long time to produce. Ooh. 
and it has to be good or I won't put it up. So sure. it's it's a lot of pressure during the week. You know, uh, it's it's also helpful to those of us who are looking for uh, technical input. Um, I, one time I messaged you um, and I said, hey, George, which video was, you know, such and such uh, thing? And, and <laughs> you just replied, man, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> No. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was buried, you know, and it was a technical right. thing buried in a long video. And I eventually found it. But um, but this is I mean, this is very helpful for anybody who needs. Uh, what was that crimper thing? Oh, yeah, it's right there. It's a, you know, it's a 10 minute video. It's uh, right. Uh, short and sweet and to the point. So, yeah. Yeah. To that. Yeah. More more content specific. Yeah. Cool. Let's um move on. I want to talk about your your production van project that you've referred to as mini me's. Oh yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to start that. Uh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. My, my full size builds, as I said, are pricey mm -hmm. and I, I actually get probably a dozen build requests a week. Wow. And if I had a 50 man wow. crew, Oh, honestly, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? The majority of them, uh, when they hear what a humble road van cost, then they they go away. Sure. Uh, so I started thinking two things. I need to come up with something that's a little easier to get into money financially, uh, without watering down my brand. Right. Uh, and also, I see a lot of these. Uh, uh, this solo traveler thing has been stuck in my head for years. Mini Me is not a new idea for me. It's been in my head for about three, four years. And uh, uh, most of the interest I'm getting on it now is from women, elderly women. Huh. Uh, it's a much easier platform for them to handle, right? Uh, to drive it, to park it, yeah. uh, put it in a garage. Um, and it's, you know, so when I got the idea, I purchased a ProMaster City, which is their little cargo van, little city cargo van. Uh -huh. uh, I've been driving that as my daily driver now for two years. I put 50,000 miles on it and I call that my little mule because boy, that thing I have, I have loaded cinder blocks and plywood. Oh, I've just beat that little guy to death. <laughs> and it just takes it. It just takes it. It's fine. And it's got a very nice uh, cargo area in terms of living. The uh, Ford Transit Connect is a similar vehicle. It's in the same class. Right. Uh, but the, the, the shape of that cargo area is not quite the same when you want to live in it as a human. Yeah, I looked, I looked at, the, uh, at those uh, probably three or four years ago, and I, was, I just couldn't – I just – couldn't make it work in my mind yeah. as yeah. to how and i'm six feet tall so <laughs> yeah yeah it's there's definitely some huge sacrifice i know there's a uh, this one guy static camper van he's living in a uh, pro master city full time and he's been doing it for years now wow uh yeah it, it would be tough but uh i i think this is a nice vehicle if you want to take up photography or painting or you just want to do some easy traveling uh you know extended you can go for weeks at a time certainly uh it's going to be fully appointed it's it's going to be a humble road van in terms of the 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 materials the design the aesthetic uh the components i put in it I'm going to be using the Lithionics 315 amp hour battery, the one that's in the Winnebago Revel. And I think it's in that new uh, Winnebago Echo. I put it in my Pleasure Way. 
so you and then this is where my my all electric platform is going to begin is with the mini me's there's no propane there's no i'm not using the gasoline for heat it's going to be all electric Okay. And and it's going to be very easy to to accomplish and succeed because it's such a small area. Sure. Uh, even air conditioning, uh, we we've got a, an air conditioner. We're going to be tearing apart and cutting it up with a sawzall, and uh, and put that back together uh, for it to be used as a 120 volt air conditioner in the mini me. And will that be um, interior mounted or or rooftop? I can't tell you. <laughs> damn it well no that's that's cool i i get that it'll be internal in it'll be internal and external but not on the roof okay so the air conditioning thing uh is fascinating to me and it's probably the number one issue in van life yeah Argue. well right now the mini me as i said um, i'm planning on a 315 amp battery okay. uh i'll have 400 amps uh, 400 watts of solar on the roof I'll have a two wow. two thousand watt inverter. Yeah. Now I'm I'm undecided at this point. The um, the Xantrex Pro series, uh, two thousand three thousand Pro. I put one in my uh, pleasure way. I do like those inverters. They're small. They're extremely lightweight. They're Bluetooth controlled. Uh, the the problem I see with them is they're not workhorse inverters. They're not meant to be used twenty four seven. Gotcha. Uh, but I think they might fit in with the, with the mini-me because, you know, you're going to use this for extended weekends, uh, three, four weeks at a time. I don't know about full-time use, but you wouldn't be full-time in a mini-me. Right. Uh, but then uh, Victron makes a small one also, so I, I haven't decided. I'm going to actually buy both and test them. Uh-huh. Uh, but so we built out uh, the interior out of two-by-two stick pine framing like I do my, my larger builds. No uh-huh. cardboard. I, at this point, I only need to, to see a carcass in place, sure. a skeleton. I just sure. need to see a skeleton. <laughs> uh, cantilevered galley yep. okay. uh, coming off the other wall. And these are solo travelers. I'm not going to offer them for a couple. And I'm going to offer them in uh, two, two color schemes. That's it. If there are any custom changes to be made, it puts it in a whole different arena. It's a custom build then. Right. And I can't sell it. You know, I, I want the, I, my, my original sell price was $60,000 out the door, including the vehicle. Wow. And these are, these are appointed as a full humble road van. I'm using yeah. quality components. Uh, but the, but I, but I have a CNC machine. I have a four by eight CNC machine and that's how I can afford to do this. My, my wall panels, my ceiling panels, they're all going to uh-huh. get cut on the CNC. Even my light switches, uh, I'm going to start building my own breaker panels, and huh. my my face plates will be made on my CNC machine. So, Wonderful. yeah, yeah, it's like Henry Ford. You can have any color you want as long as it's black. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that's production, and yeah, I can't imagine at that price this not being just a wildly popular thing, and. Wow. I mean, you have your finger on the pulse. You know, you know, people, like you said, you get several build requests a week. And so people are uh, asking you for specific things. So you know what to apply. And that's, that's awesome. Right. And when do you think you'll, you'll be live with that? It's hard to say. Uh, Right now, my, my main focus is getting Sam's van out the door. And I mentioned in an earlier video 
Everything in this Humber Road effort has been absolutely wonderful, and, and I just love every aspect. My one problem is I can't get these vans done in the time frame that I estimate. Right. And in certain cases, it'll upset the client. Uh, uh, I don't want to make these promises anymore and then blow past them. Yeah. Uh, I'm late with Sam's van. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Sprinter, uh, they they had scheduled a three-week trip, so I had to get that van done so they could take the trip. And now that's back in my shop so I can finish it. So, uh, what do you call I that van again? Uh, the, the, well, that's Mr. and Mrs. Sprinter's van. Okay. And then Sam's van is Tumbleweed. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the pro mask. They each come up with their own names for them. Sure. Uh, oh, I might have called it bird's eye as it left the shop uh, because we use so much bird's eye maple oh, wow. in the Sprinter build. Yeah. Beautiful, oh. beautiful yeah. maple. We did all the laminating ourselves in-house. Huh. Uh, but yeah, to, to go back to answering your question, uh, in the next few weeks, we're going to be building the first mini-me, and it won't be on the CNC because the CNC is not up and running just yet. Okay. So we're going to do the uh, the first one by hand, and it's a it's a funny thing. Uh, the person that bought van number one, she's traveling back and forth across the country monthly, and she expressed an interest in a mini me. Huh. It would just be- better suit this use. Yeah. So I would really like to build her a mini replica of van number one. Right. And I would I would like her to purchase Mini Me Number One. Yeah, cool. As well, so I don't know if that's going to be because I'm building my my uh, ProMaster City is the, the vehicle I'm going to use for my prototype. Okay. And as I said, I've got forty eight thousand miles on that vehicle, so obviously I'm going to sell that one at a, a greatly reduced rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't necessarily want Van Number One Lady. To have that vehicle, I'd like to give her a new right. one. I don't. I haven't worked out the the details on all that yet. Yeah. So you've got a lot of there are a lot of things going on with regard to Mini Me and, and the Mini Me project, which I assume you're gonna you're gonna have to rename that. Mini Me is probably trademark. I think it's taken. Yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> Mike Myers. Uh, might I'm not. O- I'm only yeah yeah. I'm only referring to it as that. Right. You know, it, it won't be working it's title. nothing official. It's a working title. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I look forward to the ultimate name. That that <laughs> I'm sure that'll be yeah. just, just as fun. Um, cool. Okay. Well, uh, good to know. And I'm sure you'll be talking about Mini-Me's in videos in the near future, um, near and distant future. And and we all look forward to, to seeing where that goes. It's, it's so exciting uh, to see... A production project coming along and it will be it'll be fun i hope you share details on how you make that transition from the handmade first uh, prototypes to the cnc you know reproduction of those those details i assume that's that's how you have to do it right you have to start by hand making switch plates and then you apply that to those uh measurements and design to the cnc yeah exactly yeah okay. Uh, or yeah. that's probably the best way to do it. I'm sure you could do it all digitally, but, but. you could. I could, well, in fact, I will be using the CNC in my my larger builds as well. Okay. Uh, but I will have to, re, you know, I'll be redesigning wall panels as per the van. You know, whatever the requirement is in that particular van. It's not like I can just say, print me out uh, Sprinter wall panels. 
right. uh, because you know each van is different. Yep. And and I will not cookie cutter any any part of this. Uh, I do see uh, I do see that the galleys in each I've, I'm on I'm on all of the platforms now the the ProMaster the Sprinter and the Transit uh, galley length and depth and height there is some commonality across those three van platforms. Nice. Uh, so there are certain aspects that I can carry from one to the other. Uh, when I order my eighty twenty, I've taken to ordering it per module. So if I need a ProMaster galley for Sam, I order that material as one single order, and I know that, and I and I code it Sam galley. So when it comes in, I open the box, I put it together, I put it in the van. Nice. I have them do the cutting. Yeah. Wow. So I've I've automated or I've saved some time on that end at least, but yeah. it's still a custom build. Well, it's cool that they do that. <laughs> yeah. They oh, they charge you for it. Sure. <laughs> they, they charge you for the cuts, but uh, especially eighty twenty. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna charge yeah. for that. Charge for everything. But it's wonderful material, and I, I love it. I wanted to. Are you? How are you doing for time? I don't want to. Uh, I think I'm all right. I keep checking my recorder and the, the red light's still on and blinking. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So let's, let's do one last thing. Uh, one last topic, which, uh, which is the future of the camper van market. I, mm. I believe that we're in a bit of a bubble, uh, at, because of COVID and because of all of the social media that's come out around van life and, and just, it's so funny, you know, whenever I say to somebody, yeah, I, I have, you know, a camper van related business. It doesn't matter who they are. Everybody says, Oh, I want to do that. Yeah. I want to, meaning I, they want to have a van and travel in a van and van life, etc. Except for my friend, my good buddy, Dennis, who, who was in uh, the U S Navy nuclear, nuclear sciences, um, program and, and he was three years in a submarine and he's his wife wants a an rv and he says nah that's not happening yeah. uh, that's <laughs> but funny every, yeah but everybody else he he knows who he is and what he wants but anyway everybody else um will say that they want a van and that's great uh, but again i think we're in a bubble and i wonder how close to the edge of it we are and i wonder if there's going to be a drop off and uh you know we're both in the business so um yeah. So yeah, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I agree. I agree. It's uh, uh you know, the fervor was there before COVID, but COVID really caused it to explode. Everybody has turned to RVs, even the manufacturers, you know, they can't keep up, they can't get uh, components any longer. Uh and that's going to lead to frustration. Uh, and then, you know, that's oh. that's going to cause a lot of people to bail or just turn away from it before they even get even started. I even thought about that as aspect. That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I think, you know, uh, what I see is uh, people start out with 40-footers and 36-footers. And as time goes on, if they stick with it, they continually downsize. <laughs> it's the opposite of boats. I started with a 24, then I went to a 31, then I went to a 38. Uh, if the crash didn't come, I'd have a 42. But uh, <laughs> I, I think that the van aspect and then slightly larger than is what I'm going after. I will be bringing in shuttle buses once Mini-Me's off wow. the ground, yeah. 
Yeah. Mini me, I've, I've already got people uh, slated to to take that entire leg of business and run with it, and keep yeah. it running. Yeah. Uh, I'll concentrate on the customs. Uh, part of the custom building is the uh, uh, shuttle buses, huh. and uh, yeah, I want to get those from the factory without seats, without any wiring. There are different companies. There are different builders. Oh, okay. And they're either, uh, you know, they can be on Sprinter cutaways. They can be on the Transit or uh, Ford E cutaway. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure which platform I want to use, or maybe I'm using all of them. But I think they are a very, they're curvaceous and they're sexy. And I love those curved tinted windows, big glass. I'm a yeah. big fan of windows yeah. in these vans. Uh, so I will be, and I think there's there's my entire future with Humble Road is shuttle buses, full-size vans, and mini-me's. Okay. And that's that's going to be the, the focus moving forward. Uh, shuttle buses would be diesel? They could be gas or diesel. Uh, okay. Probably not over 25 feet total length. Right. Um, you know, Pleasure Way had a, a cutaway. Well, I think they still produce. Uh, I'm not sure if they do or not. Uh, they had a cutaway series. It was basically a big box. It looked like an ambulance. Okay. Uh, uh, Advanced RV has their new B box. They call it hmm. uh, on a cutaway, on a Sprinter cutaway. It's similar to that. I want that just ever so slightly more volume on the inside. Right. But I don't want that box. I want something sexy. I want something sleek and smooth. It's got to have a, a pleasing aesthetic. And I don't think those boxes are pleasing aesthetically. Right. No. Yeah, that's that's going to be that's going to be really cool. And and basically, it's just more more floor floor space. Right. I mean, exactly. You've, yeah. They're a little bit wider, a little bit taller. Uh, and obviously a little bit longer, but I want to I want to maintain that simplicity of handling and parking. Gotcha. You won't get it in a garage, yeah. uh, but uh, but yeah, Maybe I, I not think park that... it in downtown San Francisco. But otherwise, right, right. <laughs> uh, I think it might be a nice full timing uh, platform. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Huh. I wonder how those will do with regard to boondocking and stuff. Well, we could. We could uh, talk about that um, all day. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, these things. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I see a, uh, I see a four by four lifted version as well. You take a shuttle bus, you know, if you put it on the Ford E platform and you send it down to Quigley, and you get a lifted four by four. Now you can take this this beautiful penthouse onto the beaches or up into the mountains. Yeah, very cool. Well, that and that that pretty much answers what what was going to be one of my final questions, which is uh, the long term plans for Humble Road. You are um, you've planned out. You know where you're going. Yeah, and of course, you know there will be there will be changes in flexibility, right? Oh, for sure, options. Options. You need, a, you, <laughs> you need options. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. I'm going through growing pains right now. I moved to a larger shop. Uh, I'm going to start hiring people. I'm buying bigger and better tools. So uh, it's it's tough. I, I want to make sure I keep my hands on the reins. I don't want to grow too fast, but I don't want to be, uh, you know, I was never 
penny wise and pound foolish. I always uh, I go for the best, but uh, I have to be careful now because uh, we're dealing with, like I say, so, you know, this this is a this is a big deal. Building vans for people is not a lighthearted task. No. No, there's a lot. There's a lot to it, and you've got a lot on your plate. You're physically building and uh, planning and building and um, right. improving yeah. the business over time. And I mean, I'm doing the same thing with the blog and the podcast. And um, oof, it, it's a lot. I mean, yeah, all mine is digital. My all my work is digital, but but I know what it's like to be um, juggling chainsaws while spinning plates. <laughs> yeah but you know what if you enjoy it it's not work yeah and uh, i've been lucky that all my working life that's how i felt uh it never it never was a job to me even my foot my photography uh and now building vans i pop out of bed every morning like i'm 18 years old i just can't wait to get back to the <laughs> shop i'm working six days a week and saturday a sunday nobody can bother me I will veg out on the couch. I'll answer my comments and messages, but I take that one Sunday every week to to relax and recharge. <sighs> yeah, and I have um, I've come to realize the value of that in the last uh, few months as as my workload has has increased. Man, it's hard. It's really difficult for me to stay scheduled and not go. Oh God, you know Wednesday afternoon. All right, I've had enough. I'm. Well, if I do this, I won't be able to take Sunday off. You know, it's it's um it's really yeah. it really is a juggling act, and and uh, I think it would be easier actually in, in in your situation than mine because for me it's more more and more and more computer time. Whereas, because uh, when I, I know when I'm building things, time just flies. I mean, mm-hmm. when I'm working with my hands, it's I get so immersed so quickly and and tools and parts and uh oh, go to the hardware store, you know, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's fun and it's exciting. Um, so in, in some ways, I, I, uh, I'm jealous. On the other hand, I, I like to be completely mobile and free and be able to live wherever I want. So, uh, so there's that. But all that yeah. to say, I need to take Sundays off too. <laughs> right, right. Because that rejuvenation is really valuable. It is. You need to recharge. Yeah. Yeah, and just let let things drift out of your mind so that new things can come in. It's probably not that simple, but <laughs> right. it kind of feels like it is sometimes. Okay, well, uh, thank you so much for your time, uh, Mr. You're welcome, uh, Mr. Mr. Humble Road. Humble uh, Road, greatly appreciated. And again, I'll be putting stuff in show notes so people can link to it. I will continue to um, to sing your praises on the show. Whenever some technical thing comes up, one nice thing about doing a lot of short episodes, as you know, I do roughly 10-minute episodes, is I can interrelate as I'm talking into the microphone. I can say, you know, blah, 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 insulation. Oh, by the way, you should check out, you know, episode number 87 where I talked extensively about insulation and, you know, go check out uh, George's video. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a cool it's a cool thing versus a lot of very long episodes where it's harder to dig through stuff and everything. So Right. Right. Well we've talked for more than ten minutes, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll meet these out over time. Just because people have gotten used to the to the daily the daily drip. So so yeah, I'll let you get back to your to your Sunday off. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> I really appreciate you you taking the time on on your day off. It's 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 awesome, man. Happy to do it. Cool. You take care. Okay. Thanks, George. Bye bye. <laughs>